0: just bless the word. Father, thank you for your precious presence with us today. We thank you, Father, for our emotions. We thank you that you give us those emotions that we may respond fully. And yet, oh Lord, we see how you deal with people that are just like we are in your tenderness, in your mercy, in your encouragement, in your healing, mending of broken hearts. And so, Lord, we come and some of us come with somewhat of brokenness. We pray, Lord, that we may truly have a a spiritual humility, about who we are, and that we are totally unworthy of any move upon your heart, upon your uh, part, to touch our lives in any way that would bring forth redemption. We are unworthy. And you know we are unworthy. And yet, oh Father, you moved in with your mercy and your grace, and you flooded our lives and you continue to do so so that we may meet the adventures, the problems, the situations, the circumstances of the road of life until you call us into your presence. And you give us new, new, our Father, today, as we go to the Word, teach us from it. Allow our hearts to be open. And Father, even as Jesus sat at the table and he broke that bread and their eyes were open. may we receive the bread of life today. And we pray, O oh God, that if there is anything within us which would cause temptation to disbelief that that may be banished because our eyes have been opened, we see Jesus. I pray, Father, for anybody who is here who has never made a personal opening of their lives, surrender to Christ That may take place right now. But Father, we recognize that this message is for believing people who are living in a broken world. Fix us, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you just go back to that scripture, chapter 24, I, um, I had read... Uh, what Mark had read, just a few verses of what Mark had read, and um, I wanted to go back and read uh, some of that once again. I want to focus on a few of these verses, and then I want to go beyond just to close my thoughts with uh, uh, toward the, the very end of the chapter and see what, what Jesus was bringing about in their lives and the promise of the Spirit of Christ within them. I know that uh, as you live your life, you are like I am. You need to walk in the Spirit. You need to be tender toward the things of Christ and what he's doing through his Spirit in our lives. It is the Spirit of Christ that dwells within the life of every believer. You are that one in whom the Holy Spirit resides. Now you determine, you determine, I determine, how you are going to surrender moment by moment to the leading of the Spirit of Christ within you. Our hearts have uh, just, this past week, celebrated Marvelous, marvelous Easter Sunday. It's been a day of great victory and one of great declaration coming from this pulpit anyway, from these mouths and these hearts as we rejoiced in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it, is a, it has been a great day of victory and declaration. I have found it in my life that if I am on a mountaintop, there's always that experience of coming down off that mountaintop and i'm talking from uh basically an emotional experience of and that happens when you are walking with christ there is that emotional tie and that emotional response within us some others some more than others of course and uh, Uh, But there's that. oftentimes when we find a a great high emotionally in our lives, we're going to find that we're going down to a lower level. And that going down to a lower level often happens the week following. I trust that didn't happen all at once for you anyway, in your experience this week. But um, uh, many of us by the end of the week have found in our circumstances and in our cultural boundaries or whatever, that our feet are still planted on this planet Earth and we face life, living, going on, sometimes going on without precious ones that we have said farewell to. But just like these men in our text, there is a, there's a sadness and there is a grief and there is temptation Temptation to, to take our eyes off our King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. Temptation to walk not on that level of belief and trust, that element of faith in our lives, and yet to walk is somewhat like we used to walk. Oh, the danger of life, the danger of the pathway. Sometimes going home is not such a good idea. But I want you to look at this text, if you would. And I just want to read. Um, uh, you know, we we read that. I'm 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 going to just call your attention to it, and you have your Bibles open to it, if you would. But. Um, I want you to understand that our our text gives us this this picture of these these sad, broken-hearted disciples who are leaving Jerusalem. They were disciples. They end up back, the marvelous thing is they end up, they seek to be with those brothers and sisters as we come to the close of the the, uh, context here. But here we we come upon them and they're on the way home. And the marvelous thing is they they meet Jesus. Here these sad disciples, they leave Jerusalem. They had all been pumped up by what they had perceived Messiah would bring about and do. They were frustrated. And they were questioning and they didn't know what was next. And here on their journey home, they meet Jesus. That's the way our Savior is, you know. He will meet us. And it's not always in a church service. It's not always when we're at home with our Bibles open on our lap. Or when we're in fellowship with other Christians but Jesus meets us there in the dismay in the gloom and the frustration of our lives. And lo and behold, these fellows didn't even recognize Jesus. I'm sure that Jesus made sure of that. But as Jesus meets with them, he, he, he talked with them. And although they didn't recognize him, they began to unfold as he, just, he questioned them. He, he talked with them. He asked them the right kinds of questions and they began to unload, so to speak, as the Savior walked with them. There was something about Jesus. But they told him, all about their troubles. I'd like for us to get on that path and travel with the Lord Jesus and these discouraged, these heart sick, I would call it, heartsick disciples. And I want us to observe how Jesus sets broken hearts Kind of a, a, a deadened quality about it, how he sets those hearts afire. I don't even know if a fire is the right word, but on fire. But as they journey to Emmaus, they, they talk very sadly about their recent events. They they go on and their sadness and their grief. Why in that time when they most need him, makes me think of that song the girls played, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Jesus drew near to them. It's not always in our control, is it? He is the Lord of all, and Jesus draws near. And and uh, their conversation, I would say, uh, that word conversation, as I see it in the scripture, often means the life, the walk. But there, it goes on, it's beyond there. Their conversation or their words and their actions and their responses to what's going on in their lives and their world reveals their hearts are broken, they're torn apart. They're struggling. We could say they were discouraged... Well, a discouraged heart is a broken heart. A discouraged and worn-down heart is one that is sick. It's a sick heart. It's broken. I'm sure as they spoke, they, their, their, uh, their depression seemed to, to be floating to the surface of their Emotional beings and, you know, a depressed heart is a sick heart. It's a broken heart. You know what else I see in them that I see oftentimes in my own life? There was resignation there. And that word resignation means giving in. It's not a positive giving in. It's not the surrendering to the Lord at all. It's holding up your banner saying, I've lost it. There's nothing in me. And you know, resigned hearts are sick hearts, are broken hearts. And all these things, are born out in the conversation of life, the actions of life. When we are well in Jesus Christ, do you see how knowing the discouragement and knowing the depression and knowing the resignation should help us as believers? To bear with one another and to enter into a personal ministry of loving one another. And I I want us to see how Jesus begins to to heal those hearts. I want us to to see that um, he is our example. And as, as, as we live before people with broken hearts, we can go to God's word and we can see, we can recognize how Jesus dealt with people. He is our example. He is our model. If you just look at uh, there in the, in the 16th, it says, but their eyes were holden or Stopped. That they should not know him. And so it gave Jesus an opportunity to do some preaching in a different way. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Jesus was very aware of the discouragement, of the, the sin sick heart, the, yes. sickened heart. The depression. The resignation in their lives. And Jesus begins to mend these hearts. And he gives us the beautiful picture. He walks with them. Even though they don't recognize him, he walks with them. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Do you realize that when you sense that you're all alone, you're not alone? Jesus walks with you even when you don't know he is there or recognize him. Verse 17, he asks them what's wrong? And then he says, what things here in verse 19? What things? And then they go through. Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Oh, their hearts just opened up to the Lord Jesus. And I would say this, before you go talking to somebody else, you need to talk it out to the Lord first. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. You see, Jesus is the healer of broken hearts. And there on that uh, road to Emmaus, we see Christ the Lord coming upon his dejected and defeated disciples. And he sees their hearts. He knows what's going on in there. He understands their situation. And then we see that he restores their broken hearts. Jesus is the... uh, the healer of broken hearts, isn't he? And Jesus restores their, their broken hearts. And verses 20 through 27, they go on about uh, telling him all that's going on. And uh, then they go on and they say, but they found not his body. All these things that you would think after having sat with Jesus intimately and heard him talk about his death and his resurrection that there would have been something there that would trigger a response other than what we see on this road of life. They had believed in him, they had believed his words, and now they just said nice things about him. They loved him, their love is evident but their pain is evident as well. And to the Lord Jesus, there is a sense of disbelief coming from the hearts, these broken hearts of these men. They had expected miracles, they had seen miracles, they expected on throughout their lives they would continue to see miracle after miracle. And now they were in a position where they were actually doubting his resurrection. You see as verse 25 says, they were slow to believe. I think that's putting it nicely. They were slow to believe. And Jesus recognizing how foolish, unintelligent, unlearned they were sounding Looked upon them with love and great concern, just like He does you, like He does me, when I walk in disbelief after I've seen the miracle of new life in Jesus. You see, they were slow of heart. They had once been a a daring band of men who believed. Now they, they doubted. They doubted themselves. They doubted the whole message of life they had heard from the Lord Jesus. They were expecting redemption. More than just simply what we understand as the marvelous gift of God's grace, redemption, they had been thinking, oh, this Great king of ours is going to lead us into absolute victory and freedom from the bondage of the Roman world. But now they were retreating, they were going home. Now they had become very cold to the promises that God had given, to the Word of God. Actually, They had sat with the author and in their discouragement and depression and and in their resignation they were at that point of actually turning on this whole matter of belief. And we would say that they were backslidden. So their hearts were all these things but now we add this, their backslidden broken hearts. So now, and I want you to pay attention to this, this is the practical application of the word of God, I believe, for us, not only as believers, but as those who will touch people's lives with the gospel of Christ. Beginning at Moses, the word says, in other words, he takes the word of God itself and he displays God's wonder and the message of life and redemption and beginning at moses he teaches them the scriptures verse 27. he expounded unto them all in all the scriptures the things concerning himself oh man i would love to hear that conversation so he's teaching them that's the first thing he does That must have been a most, most marvelous Bible study, and remember, this is before they even had had their eyes opened. But there was something in that walking and talking with Jesus and hearing Him expound from Moses. These weren't clueless men about the Scriptures, the Old Testament Scriptures. It must have been a marvelous study. They saw how the scriptures speak of Jesus. Those Old Testament, marvelous Old Testament passages speaking of Messiah, the promised Messiah, the prophesied one coming. And to see Jesus pointing that scripture out and showing it to be of the Savior, applying to him. And you see, faith is restored by taking in and by applying the very word of God. That was going on in the hearts and minds of those men as they were being prepared to have their eyes open to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, the result is always this. Jesus set their hearts on fire. Verses 28 through 32. Jesus, they came to their village. Jesus acted as if he would go on. They said, please stay with us. It's late. Come in. Come, tarry with us. Have something to eat with us. They constrained him. Verse 29 says, and then it says in verse 30, and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it. You know, just that those phrases there made me think immediately of just before crucifixion, Jesus sat with his disciples and the word says he took bread and he broke it and he blessed it. And he gave it to them. I don't know about you, but I see people who have experienced something on one level, then coming through the crucifixion and into this time where they were just discouraged, downhearted. And as Jesus breaks the bread, as he blesses the bread, as he gives it to them, their eyes were opened. Verse 32 says, did our hearts not burn within us? Burn, what a good word burn is. He set their hearts on fire. Do we allow him to set our hearts on fire? Do our hearts burn within us when we are in the presence of Jesus? While he talked with them, by the way, oh, how our hearts burned within us while he opened up the scriptures. Oh, how our hearts did burn within us. Here their eyes were opened up and they recognized Jesus. Jesus. We could say, oh, it's his fellowship. It's this Bible study. As we meditate upon the word of God, our hearts are warmed, become inflamed. It's in the breaking of the bread, identifying with Jesus in his death and identifying in Jesus with his resurrection. It's in identifying our Savior with the wounds in his hands and in his feet we need burning hearts that have been set on fire. I want us to look just quickly at what um, these, that meant to these men. First of all, verse 33 says that they rose up the same hour. They were home, remember? They had just gotten home. They rose up and they returned to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. In other words, Jesus' presence with them, his revealing himself to them, they're being involved in that sense of his ministry in their hearts and their hearts becoming inflamed. It changed the direction of their lives and they no longer were just in resignation. It changed direction. It says, they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. That's what this group said to these two. And then they told what things were done in the way, on the Emmaus way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And the marvelous thing is, Jesus came into their presence in a very special way and revealed himself to them. If you go on in that whole passage. And he's revealing to them, yes, it is I, your Savior. He says, behold, my hands and my feet that it is I myself handle me and see for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And he goes on and he eats with them. And then I want you to look and I want to close with these thoughts. In verse 44, it said, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Do you treasure the word of God? He's telling us there. These things are completed that you see there. And then opened he their understanding, verse 45, that they might understand the scriptures. Oh, Reveals himself, he reveals the word of God. Verse 46, and said unto them, Thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, listen to this, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You see, he brings it right back to the purpose For which he died, that lost men may know Christ Jesus. May know him. How do they know? As our hearts are set on fire. We surrender to the ministry of the Holy Spirit and we are willing to surrender our very lives as living sacrifices, proclaiming the gospel. Seeking the repentance and remission of sins. And he says, Ye are witnesses of these things. I'm not going to belabor it, but you just go on and it moves on into the next thing where Jesus says, I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Do you know what that power actually was? It's the person of the Holy Spirit coming, descending upon the church. As Jesus leaves he leaves the person of his spirit Jesus' spirit within believers, that they may be witnesses of these things. That's the call of resurrection upon the lives of men and women whose hearts have been set on fire by Jesus Christ. Don't let Easter just pass away. Don't let resurrection glory leave at all. Maintain the fire that God puts in your heart through the word of God, through daily surrendering. What do you have for me this day, O Lord? And when you have that mindset why there is Nothing at all that even sounds like discouragement of heart, depression of a broken heart, <clears throat> resignation, and dismay. Hallelujah. Even as Jesus rose again, he promises that we will rise in his likeness and all things will be made new.